Smoke and Guns Podcast. Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. Woo! What a difference a week makes. What a wow. difference a win makes. Yeah. yeah. Too cool. Winning football games is better than losing football games. Who knew? Most definitely. Uh, you're listening to or watching the Smoking Guns podcast, depending on how you were joining us. Uh, we are a podcast that deals with football, professional football in San Antonio. Uh, we covered the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL and the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, both to be playing football very soon. Um, well, I mean, I guess the Brahmas, depends on how you look at it. The Brahmas are already sort of playing football. Um, at least three, two thirds of the team have been playing football fairly well. Um, but we got to win this week and that's huge. Real big. Yeah. It's great to, to finally get past that losing streak. Um, way different feeling after the game and, and throughout the week. We finally got over Amanda, that hump. Right. Amanda checking in on Facebook. Hey, everybody. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Amanda. She's part Hi, of the, Amanda. We're the Beehawks live. Uh, you know what's cool? I, it's great to win a game. That's that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Um, and we're going to talk about how we won the game and, you know, two different quarterbacks that we've never seen before. Which one did you like better? All mm-hmm. of those conversations. Um, but what's even better than winning a game, especially when you're uh, in the lower half of the division, is everybody else in your division losing? Houston lost scenario. last night. That's a help. Yeah, Houston lost last night. Uh, obviously, Arlington lost to us, and then Orlando. You know, they they lost. They lost surprisingly. No surprise enough. there. No surprise. Um, so we gained a game on the entire division. That's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Reagan checking in saying we won and Arlington was fun. I do want to talk to you, all of you that went out to Arlington. I didn't get a chance to make it out there, but I know that Leo got out there um, yeah. mm-hmm. and enjoyed Choctaw Stadium and the Arlington Renegades. The the Arlington um, time it, was it was it how was it how was Arlington, Leo? You know it wasn't bad. Um... The uh, stadium being a baseball stadium, I was curious on what that was going to be like as far as the the sitting and the perspectives. And I didn't get to sit out in the side where it's like where home plate was, where there's an angle. And that that whole home field side has that kind of like missing sections in the front where you can't sit because of the ESPN camera and all that. But, um, you know, they've adjusted uh, that stadium to the field. I, I thought it was, it was better than I, I thought it would be. And as far as the fan base, they were pretty good. They, they were good sports. Good. They're going back and forth with us, um, uh, both in the section that we were sitting in and then also in the section more so in the section where, uh, um, Jorge and, and his group and most of the Brahma, uh, fans were, were sitting, uh, Lilies and I were sitting directly in the sun, getting beat down, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on because uh, there's a funny story on that. Um, uh, I bought I bought our tickets when tickets first went on sale and kind of got right on like the 30, 35 yard line, which is where I typically like to sit. That's that's the perspective that I prefer on a football field. Um, but the atmosphere was 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 good. The fans that were there, they were supporting their team. Uh, 
credit to the Arlington fan base. You know, they were nice to us in the in the uh, tailgate and walking up to the stadium. Everyone was courteous. How uh, was their tailgate? Just as good as San Antonio? Oh like, no, basically the same thing. Paled, paled in comparison to what we're used to in San Antonio. Uh, they have oh. a couple of large, a uh, couple of large uh, parking lots that are. Uh, uh, about a quarter mile away from the stadium. You have to walk over to the stadium, but uh, they're just like kind of small pockets of groups that hang out on the outside of the parking lots, like near the street. And that's where they, they did their tailgating, at least from what we saw. And it was mm. nothing in compared to, to what we do in the actual parking lot, what we're used to at the Alamo dome. But uh, you know, they were excited to see their team play. A lot of them, you know, giving us a hard time before the game during um, and even after, you know, it was, uh, it, it was, it was fun. Robert Rankin uh, talking about uh, on his comment here on Facebook, the big screens were in weird spots. Definitely. I mean, they only have one big screen out, which would be the outfield for the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no other, you know, jumbotron or big screen that you're typically used to at a football game. Um, and then they had one kind of down at field level, for people that were in the end zone that they could kind of uh, kind of look at, but it was like down at field level and off to an angle where if you looked at it, then there's no way you're looking at the game because you're almost like turning a completely different direction <laughs> to see it. So yeah, definitely odd placement, but they did, they do the best they can with a, a baseball stadium, turning it into a football venue, I think. So it was a crazy week for Brahmas and Brahmas fans. Remember, as we sat and talked last Monday night, we were talking about what was going to have to happen at quarterback. Uh, Reed Sinet was injured. We would have to go back to Jack Cohen. It was was, uh, bleak. Bleak is the best way to describe it because, you know, we just didn't know what to expect. And man, in the time between that show and the game, a bunch of stuff happened. Um, namely, an injury to Jack Cohn mm-hmm. and a trade. And, so and also to Kevin to... Bellage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, losing Bellage was rough. Uh, that's a rough way. He tore his um, ACL, I believe, is what Coach Hines Ward yeah. said. And that's... what's funny, so these happen not funny is not the right word. That's a tough injury. No. But... It was in practice on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I think it was Thursday. Um, and he said, Jack- that, or, or might have been Wednesday. Um, but he said it was the exact, the very next play after Cohen got hurt in practice. So Jack Cohen takes a snap at one point under under center, and the center steps back and steps on Cohen's ankle. We've seen mm-hmm. it happen. That's a terrible way to get injured, but it's absolutely reasonable that. When a 300-pound guy steps on your ankle, you hurt your ankle. Like, that's, yes, that happens. You're lucky uh, if Cole, it's only your ankle. <laughs> right. So, Cohen gets hurt, and on the very next play, um, the Achilles, you're right, Cody Brooks checking in and said, hey, it was his Achilles. Achilles tendon uh, is blown by Kalen Bellage that puts him out for the season. Mm. Yeah. That's In a the midst of recovery. Easily. Yeah. In the midst of all that, uh, the San Antonio Brahmas traded for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kurt Beckert, Ben Kurt. Ben Kurt. Ben yep. Kurt. From the Houston Roughnecks 
we say from the Houston Roughnecks, he had not been activated all season. His rights were owned by the Houston Roughnecks, but he had not played for them and was not going to play for them. No, uh, they have Silvers. They have McDonald. They're perfectly happy with what they're doing at quarterback right now. They have this guy hanging out there. And I, I don't know who initiated the talks. I got to imagine San Antonio reached out to them and said, hey, uh, is there any way he would be interested in coming in? Now, he was assigned to Houston and came out very quickly after he was assigned to Houston and says, look, I'm taking the year off. I'm just going to take some time off, spend some time with my family. I'm not interested in playing in the XFL. Right. So we traded for his rights. I've got to think they had a conversation before that trade happened with him to find out he was coming to play. He would actually play. Mm -hmm. Um, But we traded away Drew Lewis. Drew Lewis is a middle linebacker was Mm -hmm. pretty successful in our defensive system, as most of our defensive guys have been. Uh, Middle linebacker is a pretty important position, right, Leah? On the field. That's usually the guy calling the shots out there on the defense. And uh, and so we traded that away. Now, there are some out there. There's one out there. There's one person out there. (laughs) I wonder Um, who that is. Our buddy... Uh, Los Bastidio, who I love, Carlos was, was very upset with this trade. Now he's a Houston Roughnecks yeah. fan. We are San Antonio Brahma's fans, but his point, and to be fair, I understand as a fan, his point, you do not give a team in your division a piece that makes them better. Yeah. That is his, that Generally, is his point is you don't do that. Right. Uh, however, his his supposition is that the league forced the trade to make San Antonio better um, and to uh, handicap Houston on some level to make it a tighter division. Uh, I don't mm. I don't know about that. I mean, it's not threat. outside of the realm of possibility. You know, it certainly is good for the league if there's parity. Um it's it's is that we let's suppose as as Mysterio does that that's what happened. Is that fair? It's it's not. Um, but it is beneficial to the league if that's what happened. Um, we don't know if that's what happened. We'll never know because if that's right. what happened, they're never going to they're never going to let that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. My thing, my argument um, and it was an argument. Uh, Leo got to read like all of it. Oh, yeah. It was an argument. I think RC did too. Um, uh-huh. My argument was you had a piece that you were doing nothing with. Right. And you got something back for it. It was Drew Lewis, a middle linebacker. And Carlos kept saying, but we didn't need that. But you got something you can use for something you were never going to use. Uh, something that Leo never going to, yeah. Leo made an incredible analogy. Do you still have that? Do you still remember the analogy that I, you made? I remember the analogy I made, yes. This is great. This is exactly what the trade was. Go for it, Leo. Okay, I said it's it's like you're at lunch, right? And uh, you offer the guy, or you're at lunch, and someone offers you a 20-ounce soda for the $10 scratch-off ticket you've had in your wallet for a month. You know, that scratch-off ticket could be worth a whole lot, but it might be worth nothing. You don't know, but you, 
you're thirsty and you want a drink and somebody offers you a 20 ounce soda. So you agree, you agree to the trade. It's not like you're in a hurry to, to scratch that ticket. It's been sitting in your wallet for a month. Yeah. So Kurt Ben Kurt is your, is your lottery ticket yeah. here. He could be, he could be the thing that saves the San Antonio Brahmas. Yep. He could <laughs> also flash out. He could be Paxton Lynch 2.0. Uh, you don't yeah. know. It's like that soda only costs, you know, what, three bucks nowadays, a 20 right. ounce soda. And the ticket costs $10, but the ticket might be worth zero. You know, you you don't know. It's it's unproven until you actually scratch that ticket. So we went into the game on Sunday with Kurt, Ben Kurt, and Jawan Pass, two quarterbacks that have been, uh, that had not played a single down had not been active for a single down of XFL football the entire season. And they did about what you would expect them to do. I mean, Jawan pass. Was it great? He opened up a completely different side of the offense that we had not seen before because he is mobile and he had some escapability and he could run six, seven, eight yards and could slide like a normal human yes, he being. Be <laughs> first. And he knows how yeah. to slide, folks. Be first, slide, slide the whole thing. Uh, he did open something up, but then he made some really head scratching decisions at times. And the coaches, if you were watching the broadcast at home, saw it. They saw what he should be doing with the ball before the play starts. And then they're just, oh, you know, Heinz Ward is just going, no, 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 don't do that. Do this. Um, so he made some questionable decisions with the ball. Kurt Binkert gets in there and plays okay, I guess, for having a practice with these guys. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he completed one of six passes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, not a great day, but I don't know what you would expect from a guy that, like, just Met the started. team in Arlington, you know? <laughs> I don't know what you would expect from that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to understand how tough that is to just step in there and and, and play football. Heinz Ward, I think, said it really well uh, after the game where he said if 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 a, even a top-level athlete could just go in the game and, and, and perform and execute, then there'd be no point in practice ever. Right. Right. So well, and so many people were trying early in the week, or not early in the week, but in the last half of the week, even on Kurt Binkert's uh, uh, Twitter page, people were making the comparison to Baker Mayfield uh, getting Mm. picked up off of the waiver wire by Los Angeles, uh, by the Rams, and coming out on Monday Night Football and, and balling out. But Baker Mayfield was playing in the NFL previous to that start he had been with two different teams in the nfl that season but he had at least seen practices and time in the nfl yeah he did not come off of the beach making sandcastles with his kids (laughs) on one day and into practice the next day um yeah that that's a that's a big swing that's a big ask um to go from one to the other mayfield's tools were still sharpened like he had been he had been putting those to, you know, to, to work and practice and stuff where uh, uh, 
Kurt Benkert was literally, like you said, <laughs> making sandcastles one day. And they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you want to come play for the Brahmas? Um, yeah. We got a deal in place if you do. And he was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, and uh, his post-game comments. Said, better than Houston, obviously. Yeah. And I don't blame uh, it, him for that at all. Right. <laughs> I think I heard him say, like, it's great to throw the ball around again. I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, he was not playing ball before. You know what I mean? He was very well, no, clear because with that. I, I mean, you don't you don't have anybody to throw the ball. Who are you going to throw the ball to? Your your three year old, you know, like yeah, you, never you know. don't have nobody. Uh, you don't have anybody to work out with, so he's not working out. Um, in his post game comments, they asked him what he was doing on Wednesday of this week, and he said, "I was making sandcastles with my kids, um, and I got a phone call, and I got on a plane at five o'clock the next morning, and was at practice that morning." So I don't know what more you would expect. If Kurt Binkert had been able to come in and lead your team to victory on a day's worth of practice, he doesn't belong in the XFL. Like, that's an NFL-level guy. If he can come in and make that sort of difference, um, then th that's the case. Playing, right? Yeah, and on that, and we discussed this, uh, Philip. D despite despite that, so like you said, we have two guys coming in, basically not having seen the field at all. One guy not having seen practice, but another guy having seen practice, ha been having studied the playbook, uh, been around since the beginning, and we put them both out there. Uh, you know, Heinz, uh, Coach Heinz Ward put them out there, a couple series for started with pass, then a couple series for uh, Bankert. And you're you're asking with this show that the headline, which QB did you like better on Sunday? Yeah. So if you're looking strictly at stats, the numbers, then Pass had a slightly better day than Bankert did. If you're looking would, at least in production I numbers, say slightly <laughs> yards. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, some, yeah, better. But <laughs> <laughs> as this question that just got posted on the Facebook feed here from Cass Woods. Do y'all think Ben made other Brahma's players step up their game? That's something that we kind of touched on in a discussion, Philip, when we were texting back and forth during the game, just the fact that he's putting the ball out there for the, for the, the receivers on deep routes. And at the end of the game, it really paid off when we got that PI call, the pass mm -hmm. interference. Yeah. That call doesn't happen with Cohen under center. Not at all. That that call doesn't happen, you know, unless you have a guy that's willing to to throw the ball out there and let his receivers go get it and take chances. Um, and it paid off in a big way. And and that's without even making the completion. But that's the sort of thing that happens when you open up the the field a little bit. You open up that offense. Mm -hmm. um, it also makes the defense have to defend a little bit more deeper. The, the sec, the secondary has to, has to be cognizant that at any time you could throw the deep ball and they're not stacking against, you know, the, the, the short check downs and the runs, which right. we have a lot of in our offense as we've talked oh. in the past and, and continue to, and will continue to, because you can't just change a whole offense in the middle of the season. But I absolutely think that, having been made the other players 
in a sense, step up their game, but in a sense, just kind of do things that maybe they weren't as willing to do before because they knew they they knew there was no chance the ball was was going that way. If they're running that route, they knew that they knew that nothing was going deeper than 10, 15 yards. Like right. Am, every- I, am I gonna run all out on uh on a go route if I know you're never gonna throw the ball past 15 yards? Yeah. Well, why would you? I, I, yeah, why would you? I know you're not gonna get it to me. I know you're not gonna take the time to get the ball out to me. Why would I put any effort into it? Right. A go route's hard. They're like, hey, run 35 yards downfield as fast as you can. No, that's not okay. Happen here. <laughs> For nothing? No, no, I'm okay. No. I was going to say, I'm still mad at pass because I still had to eat that jalapeno because I lost the bet. Number You didn't lose number, that bet. Well, well, I ate the jalapeno either way. I shouldn't ate the have. jalapeno. I shouldn't that's have. On you. That's what I did. And then the that's second thing is, I really was expecting more from pass. He'd been there from the beginning. Um, he's been to all the practices and he did okay, but I really expected more. He did seem more athletic. He does know how to slide. So that was good. But I think he could have done better. But so the, the thing we had heard on pass, the thing we heard on pass just a couple of weeks ago was he's got everything he needs below the shoulder pads. It's above the shoulder pads where there's questions, man. If you watch that game, you went, Oh yeah. No, I see exactly what they're talking about. He's got everything like he needs. Confidence? Huh? Like he's lacking self-confidence in his No, ability? no. He's lacking uh, football IQ. Uh, what would okay. you call it? What would you call it, Leo? Like his decision-making is football just Football IQ is person yeah. it, uh, perfectly. Uh, uh, you know, just running the offense, knowing the situation, situational football. Um, we had, we had a false start, uh, where he did, he didn't, he didn't know the plate where the play clock was. Yeah. It it wasn't, wasn't aware of, of where the play clock was. As Steven Canto says, his ball flutters a little bit too much. Uh, Oh, someone knew some, yeah. Wonderlick score, uh, was (laughs) probably very low. I don't, I don't know. Someone (laughs) could go pull that up. I think that's, that's, uh, usually posted out there somewhere, but he, he, what we saw of him kind of seemed to reaffirm what we were hearing. Now it was just a rumor, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, but yeah, his, his, uh, his deep balls, his throw a, a lot too, too much air under him fluttered too much, too much time for the the defensive backs to adjust and, and defend the play. Now his, his, his middle game and his short game was not bad. I mean, he can, he has the arm to, 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 get the ball in there but his accuracy that was the main thing for me even on the short game like early in the first quarter and that was i remember seeing i was like how do you miss on a screen pass that badly and miss by two yards very badly behind the receiver on a screen pass i mean it's so much that ball went out of bounds and i was worried for a second that it would be a backward pass. Yeah. And there was even a, 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 there was even a renegades defender who was, who was heavily in pursuit of that ball, because if he had managed to get to it, it might've been ruled that way. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I mean, it was a bad pass. It was not. Uh, and again, that's not, well, it is a skill thing, but that's also knowing where to place the ball. That, that is an above the shoulder pads kind of thing. I need Execution. to place that ball out in front of my guy. By the way, 
that play and they ran it, I don't know, seven, eight times. It's called Apple. There's good Apple and bad Apple, depending on which side they're running to. I would be totally okay if I don't hear the words good Apple or bad Apple for the rest of the Brahma season. That play, that little uh, one-step screen to a wide receiver, every defense in the league knows that's what we're doing on that play. Everybody. Like, there's no question. And that brings me to another point, because I know if you were watching the broadcast, now you guys that went to the game haven't had a chance to watch the broadcast yet, may have missed this, but there were about three different people, all of them, I think, on the Brahma side of the ball, on uh, on mics at the game that said our uh, our offense is uh, it's not all that complicated. It's it's really very simple. Um, is that is a good thing? Brahma <laughs> players saying that, or Renegades players saying that? Brahma's players saying that. Wow. The That's- the uh, Binkert is standing next to Reed Sinet at one point. Um, and right after I think he had gone on the field the first time, his first series or whatever, and they were just kind of talking about it. And uh, he goes, so you see what I mean? And Bigger goes, yeah, it's not very complicated at all. Like it's, mm. it's, it's, it's a pretty easy offense to pick up. Is that a good thing? No, it's that's not, not a good really. thing. No, not a good thing at all. Because if you're picking that up, the, the defense is picking it up as well. And, and they're knowing how to defend it. Predictable. Which I like that. Word we've seen though. over the last couple of weeks. I agree. And I've been playing uh, blue vanilla for a long time. Way too yeah. much vanilla. We need to throw some like we seen that nasty. There, we need some, nasty. Some cookie dough. Some tin roof. We need some yeah. tin roof in this thing. Some chocolate. You know what tin roof is? I, I the ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate Isn't that syrup Rocky and Road? chocolate covered. Like Rocky no. Road. No. No. Rocky Road's one no thing, and it's Road. great, but tin roof is different and better. Is there liquor in there? No. No. Oh. You can add liquor. I mean, you can add like, yeah, you can do that with any ice cream. Um, Cody Brooks says, if I'm not in the league and I predict your play before you run it, it's probably not a good thing. Yeah, but your football IQ, Cody Brooks, is is on a different level than, uh, that's true. Of course, this is the this is the level of player that you're playing against. Cody Brooks is a guy that should be in the XFL. We love him. Uh, if there yes. was petition, I would sign it to get him into the XFL. I would too. Um, this is the this is the skill Three. level and and uh, uh, football IQ that should be in the XFL. He's telling you right now, Cody Brooks is that level player, and he's telling you he can watch and he knows what they're doing before they do it. He's a defensive player. And he's able to read the offense and know what's going on. He can Tony Romo the game. Uh, that's not good. Because <laughs> if he can do it, the the defense, the, all their defense can do it. So Robert Rankin says, maybe the knock on pass, it's simple, and he's still not picking it up. Mm. That's a good point. If it's a simple offense and he's still making some reads that are questionable, let's call it that, um, yeah. then yeah. I mean... Well, I think Coach Ward kind of said it, said as much and said it when he said that, you know, he did not intend to play pass this entire year. Right. Because he said he still needs some time to, to, to develop. And he had picked him up because he saw something in him that he thinks he's got the tools, but he needs development. So if you have the tools, but 
you're lacking something, then what's that lacking? You know, what, what is it that, that, that you're lacking? It's gotta be a mental aspect. Right. And, and, and Ward has talked about that over and over again over the last couple of weeks, but he, he put him in the game, not because it was a decision that he wanted to do. It was because he he had to. Right. Yeah. And not to knock past too much. I mean, we saw some of the things that we kind of heard and that kind of like, like I said, reaffirmed that. But to be thrown in on that situation, it's not like he did a bad job. He did, and even Heinz Ward gave him credit and said, I think he did very well for being in the circumstance that he was in. He gave him credit. My mantra for the last two or three weeks has been any offensive production at all and you win these games. What I saw from these two guys, a guy that, is not seasoned enough and and coach ward does not feel comfortable putting on the field yet and a guy you got 3 days before the game was some offensive production not much hey. they didn't give you any touchdowns they they moved the ball close enough for the number 1 player on your team right now that's John exactly Parker what I... Romo is the yeah. most important part of this team right now mvp yeah that's exactly what I was going to say when I said, hey, I was going to say all all they had to do in this game was get John Parker Romo an opportunity to kick that ball through the uprights. And he did it repeatedly. Um, hands down, <laughs> yeah. best kicker in the league. All apologies to all the UTSA diehards that were really wishing we had, you know, that the Brahmas had picked up Hunter Duplessis in the draft and were really disappointed. Some people even said me. they were they that were not going to go to the games because of That's it. Too much, please. And here we have John Parker Romo, just phenomenal. You know, phenomenal. He's going to be. He's going to get a shot on an NFL team after this we're season. Have I, I have no doubt. I love there's a lot see. of bad kickers in the NFL. There are a lot I'd, of yeah. bad kickers in the NFL. I'd love to see another Romo in Dallas. I love it. Love it. <laughs> I'd love to see another Romo. In He's Dallas. going to the NFL. He's not going to be with us for very long. I can tell you that. No, not at all. Stephen Conte says 51 yards passing will not win many games. Sir, I am looking at the stats right now, and it was 59 yards passing. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 51 might not, but, but 59 can win games. It does help. Juwan Pass had 57 yards passing. Kurt Benkert had two. Two yards passing. One for six, two yards but again, yeah. I don't know what you expected from Kurt uh, going out there. I will be very interested uh, to see what Vegas, what this game in Vegas looks like with Kurt. I expect Kurt Ben Kurt to start. I expect yeah, him I to be so. your starting yeah, quarterback. I think pass will be active unless they just. You're going to find out what what Heinz Ward thinks of Jack Cohn this week, because if it is Kurt Ben Kurt and Jack Cohn, uh. Well, I you may find out what you what he thinks of pass this week because if yeah, it's Kurt Pinkert and Jack Cohn, he's really not a fan of Juwan Pass because to me, they gave you just enough, not barely, barely enough, but they gave you just enough to win this game, and they can do that, and with with some time and uh, some time with receivers and some some chemistry. Uh, maybe Ber- Binkert, uh, hopefully Binkert gives you more than two yards passing. Uh, Jawan Pass, by the way, I'm, again, I'm looking at stats. Here's where he shines because this was something Jack Cohen was never going to do for you. 
four carries for 21 yards. Um, that is something Jack Cohen yeah. was not going to give you. And that's exactly why I don't think I don't think Cohen comes back next week. I think Pat. I think I think it's Benkert and Pass, just like it was this past week. In we'll my see. opinion, even if Cohen Man. is kind of healthy, they they may use the whole. Well, we're going to give you an extra. We don't want to rush you back. Uh, right. Type thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We don't want to rush you back. In fact, take the rest of the season. Get very healthy. Yeah, uh, Jack. Uh, it's funny. I was on the. Um, X-Fan show on Thursday of last week uh-huh. and somebody popped on and was like, Oh, you're all down on Jack Cohen. Now uh, I, you, you, you Brahma's fans were all about Jack Cohen the first couple of weeks of the season. And He's I was like, wrong. yeah, no, I yeah. was there with you. Jack Cohen has well, regressed. Guys, He's definitely. gotten worse through the season. So now I do not feel the same as I did about him the first couple of weeks of the season. He's not as good now as he was then. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm wishy-washy. I'm not a hypocrite. I, I can be a hypocrite and wishy-washy both. I know that. But that's not, in this case, what this what the deal was. It is that Jack Cohen has gotten worse. He he has passed my threshold for what I'll put up with at this right. point. Viva yeah, Texas I, says he got the yips, plain and yeah, simple. I, I like what Viva Texas actually said in his comment just prior to that. And he said, we had better offensive morale and production with guys with two days of practice. We did. That, think about that. What does that say about the other guys on the offense and their comfort level with two guys that came in and only had a couple of days? And you could see, you could see the difference in those guys versus what they were with Cohen under center. I think – Everybody believes in Cohen. You know, it's it's a team. You know, they like Cohen. Cohen's a likable guy. But after they were just like the fans. After you know, four or five weeks of seeing the same thing over and over again, they knew what they had. You know, and, right. and they saw a glimmer and, of light. Yeah, you know, they saw some hope, some potential. Yeah, and that's so, what they saw with changing the quarterback. Yeah, very very good point there, and that's why I don't I don't think Heinz Ward makes that change going into next week with Cohen coming back. I think he wants to keep that spark um and you never know what may happen with uh with uh ben kurt you know worse things have happened I, I don't even want to say it but if if for whatever reason something happens where ben kurt must come out of the game if cohen comes back in everybody's gonna be like oh we're back back to that again right and for those who aren't watching i was trying to imitate running for um pass That's yeah my imitation of running Viva Texas, it was visible on the sidelines from the stands. Nobody yep. on offense was hanging their head in the third quarter. Let's talk about the third quarter for a second because that almost came back and bit them again. I know. Almost in exactly good. the same way that it did in the previous week. They threw an interception early in the third quarter and then allowed the Arlington Renegades to come back and score and kind of take control of the momentum of the game. That's exactly what happened in San Antonio the week before. Right. And that's what happened here. But... Give it up for one of the greatest catches in football ever. That touchdown catch. Yes. By the Arlington receiver. Gosh, I don't even remember his name. But that catch was amazing. He's not, it was. He's not on my team. He's not my player. Wow. I, wow, mean, I wow, appreciate wow. good plays, and that was a good play. 
from the angle I was watching at watching it at, I I didn't think there was any way any way he was going to make that play. If no. anything, I thought it looked like it was more likely going to be intercepted than caught. Yes. But um, yeah, credit to and I don't remember the receiver's name either. If anybody wants to chime in that knows it, um, Winningham is Kanto uh, says Winningham. Um, give him credit, but. I could tell you exactly what happened. I could tell you exactly what went wrong. So what? you were there in the stadium. You were there for the third quarter when things went all wrong. And then when we took control back in the fourth quarter, what changed in the stadium on Sunday that made the difference for the San Antonio Brahmas, Leo? I could tell you exactly. And I alluded it to her earlier and I said I had a funny story that I was going to say. Oh, that's right. The change was Lolis and I took our butts and went back out into the sun where our original seats were and did that for the fourth, the entire third quarter. I mean, we were getting the sun beaten down on us the entire first half and it was not a hot day. It was a cool day temperature wise, but that sun right. takes a toll on you and right. there's no shade coming down on those. We were, we were sitting in those like portable bleachers that they put right on the, on the sideline behind the visitor's bench. Mm-hmm. which is why I picked, I wanted to sit by the Brahmas and, you know, like I said, my usual perspective from 25, 30 yard line. So we're sitting right out there and the sun was just beating down on us mercilessly. Oh, we had put on, we knew that it was going to be a sunny area. So we had put on the sunscreen and all that good stuff, but it didn't matter. I mean, we had a couple extra bottles of water that we got before the game started just to be, it didn't matter. That sun was beating down on us. And I kept looking over to my, to my left, looking at the end zone and I could see the other primos over there with mm-hmm. Jorge yes. and Steven Canto and and the uh, the Captain Brahma I, and everybody else that was down there. There was a, a, a whole section full of yellow and black having a good time. Uh, Jay Leroy was down there. Um, in a, and I could in see a nice them. little shady spot. And man. I could hear them. And they're sitting in the shade. <laughs> and so at halftime, I was like, let's go say hi to them. So we go over there and we tell them. I was like, man, that sun is beaten down on us over there and jay jason was like jay Leroy. he's like come sit over here with us there's a couple empty seats right in the middle of the section you come join us down here and we're i'm like yeah you know what that's that doesn't sound like a bad idea it was nice and cool where they were at and so everything went right that first half while we were sitting out there in the sun, in the sun. nine nothing a nine, nine nothing zero. lead in the first quarter in the first half <laughs> So and I, I am I am a superstitious person when it comes to sports. I, I'm that right. type of person where when when things are going good, the Spurs games or Broncos games or whatever I might be watching and things are rolling, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm staying in my seated position. I'm I'm drinking the you know, I, I drink from the same cup every every football game, every game. You know, I I do all kinds of stupid things that most sports fans could probably relate to, um, being superstitious. So we're sitting down there and my wife has that's kind of rubbed off on her she's a little superstitious as well when it comes to sports and not really anything else so we're sitting in there in the in the shade and we're enjoying ourselves for the third quarter and it was rowdy down there uh loud there was a lot of banter between the brahmas fans and the the arlington fans that were around that area and between every before the snap on every play brahmas fans are yelling hut 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 you know trying to get trying to get maybe a possible false start. It was just a lot of fun being loud and everybody around us was having a good time and kind of jabbing at each other. Yeah. But the Brahmas like, that's when the, everything just imploded on the third quarter and everything started going wrong. And I'm sitting there going, 
Oh, shoot. We should not have come down here. We should not have moved because look what's going on. And then all I needed was Dolores Lily. She looks at me and she says, I can't understand what's happening on the field from this angle. You know, we're in the end zone. You're seeing everything front and back only. And she's like, I can't, I can't see what's happening. I don't, I can't understand the play. I don't, I don't see the perspective is off for me. And I'm not, I'm not really processing the game the way I normally do. So like, so I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know what down we are, or how much, how many yards we have to go. She's not one to look up at the, at the scoreboard, which like we talked already was kind of in odd positions and figure yeah. out where we're at and what down it is and how many yards we got to go. And then, so, yeah, so. I'm like, that's all I needed. That was the little nudge that I needed. I was like, let's go back. It sucks over there being in the sun, but yeah, you get to see the game from the perspective you're used to seeing and me too. But uh, that wasn't as much an issue for me as it was for her. And I said, and and maybe things will turn around. I'm not kidding you, man. As soon as we get back over there in the sun, the sun's beating down and we're, you know, we're suffering out there. Everything turns around. I started messaging Steven Canto. I'm like, we're we're ride or die fans, man. We're out here. <clears throat> excuse me. We're out here suffering so that our team can pull this win out because <laughs> because obviously we were bad luck down there, even though we were having a great time with you guys down Thank there. Thank you, Dolores. Thank you. <laughs> Look, there's Lolly's Chinese. She says it was definitely <laughs> us. Laugh out loud. It was definitely y'all. In fact, Thank you, uh, Leo. Uh, texted me in the third quarter when things were, when the wheels were starting to get wobbly. They hadn't quite fallen off yet. They were getting wobbly. And he's like, you know, we're sitting in a different section now. Uh, at halftime, we came and set up here with Viva Texas, with Jorge. And I was like, go back, go back now. <laughs> you said, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you think you're doing. This is not about your comfort. This is about a win. Um, so, you know, uh thankfully leo and dolores got back to their seats we pulled out the win and what i think is really important what is what is most important is uh it keeps them in the conversation at this point yes we needed um with with arlington taking the loss obviously to us with houston taking a loss last night um nothing Mm -hmm. is beyond the realm of possibilities right Houston has to play St. Louis this week. That's not a guaranteed win. No. It's gonna be tough. Arlington has to play Seattle. I can tell he, you here just he a guesses. Second. Let's see. Who's Arlington playing next week? That's a good question. Oh, yeah, Seattle. Yeah, so at home, Seattle, but yeah, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle right. goes to Arlington, which look. Uh, Arlington home games are a home game for everybody. Right. Because that's where they live. That's where they're staying. So Seattle doesn't have to go anywhere. Arlington doesn't have to go yeah, anywhere. Um, they're all in one place. But it's a short week. But they play fans, Friday. They play yeah, Friday night. So it's a shorter week for Arlington. And I don't think the fans from Seattle are going to make the trip on a, on a Friday for that. Game. I can think of one friend, <laughs> fan that probably will. Oh yeah, the the mayor will be there. Oh, he'll Van be there. Hurst will be he there. gets VIP mm-hmm. though. He gets VIP. Not everybody gets VIP like he does. So, uh, Arlington can absolutely take a loss to Seattle. I expect it. Um, Houston could take a loss to St. Louis. 
Um, that's yeah. that's more than possible. That I, on, I don't want to say probable. Yeah. Maybe. Come and on, Amanda. Make that probable. happen. Yeah, Amanda. We need you to. We need you to work on this. Yep. Yeah. We need your. Go to the bathroom with about three minutes left in the last quarter, Amanda. Do us that favor because that <laughs> seems to work for you. She was. She was on here earlier and says that's why I stay in the bathroom when the Beehawks are playing because she's susp- uh, she because she's. <laughs> superstitious and uh when she left in san antonio the beehawks and brahma's game the beehawks won so she says she promises she'll stay in the bathroom because she wants a beehawks well, I, room too. I, I went to the restroom too and the brahma's lost so something about that bathroom ladies bathroom you know but if both of those teams take losses and san antonio pulls a win out in vegas watch all out. of a sudden all bets are off mm-hmm. um the game, the next, the the Easter Sunday game against Houston becomes huge. Huge. I mean, it's huge already, but it because becomes we could, colossal. Yeah, we could tie them. If they take another loss and we get a win, we could tie them for the division lead mm-hmm. with uh, in week eight or whatever this is, week seven, week seven. Um, and, and going forward, I mean, we've still got to play, what, Orlando and then D.C. D.C. is going to be a tough game. I'm not going to. we got a tough schedule left. With, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, or we, luckily we have that little reprieve with Orlando in the middle. But but there's absolutely uh, every reason to, and, and, and we secured that with a win this week. As bad as the first half of the season was, and it was. It was a bad first half of the season. One and four, terrible offense. But what have we been telling you for weeks on this show? If they could find any spark on offense, any offensive production at all, they could win these games instead of losing these games. And you saw them this week do just enough with two guys that had not spent a lot of time. I don't think so. Stephen Cantu says DC will be 9-0 and when they come here. Hot take, I think DC loses the game against Seattle in week 9. I believe that's week 9. No, it's week 8. I believe DC loses in Seattle week eight. I don't think any team will be undefeated and I don't think any team will be uh, winless in the league. Write it down guys. That's what Phillip said. So we can give him crap when he's wrong later. Even but, with Orlando. Yes. Even Orlando's going to find a win. They're going to, they're going to sneak up and win one. We got to hope it's not, not against, against us. They've only they got three chances. Well, four chances Who left. They beat? Hopefully not us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. but but they play Arlington. They could absolutely beat Arlington. Maybe, maybe. I think they, they got, could they beat got Arlington. New quarterback situation. Although uh, I would argue that Luis Perez might be an upgrade over over what they had there before, which is why so they made the trade. Just today, somebody brought this up earlier. I think it was Stephen Canto uh, brought up. Hey, speaking of quarterback issues, what about what's going on in Arlington? So yesterday we all got news that uh, Arlington had released Kyle Sloter. We were talking some about uh, about that before the show, Leo and I, and uh, he has been very um, not nice to their coaching staff in sideline interviews. He did it again on Sunday, and I think they just had enough. They were just like, you know what, enough. We're not doing enough for us. To go and badmouth us on on the broadcast, like you were not good enough on our team, we're not going to miss you if we cut you, and so they just cut you, cut cut Kyle Sloter, but that left him with a position to fill. And then the really 
more interesting thing happened to me. Kyle Sloter getting cut, like who cares? Uh, I don't really, that doesn't really bother me. But then Arlington today makes a trade. They trade a linebacker. Oh, I thought you couldn't trade a linebacker for a quarterback. Carlos, uh, they trade a linebacker <laughs> for, for Luis Perez. And now Luis Perez, who has been the on-again, off-again starter for the Vegas Vipers all season long, yep. is now in Arlington in week six of the season, um, attempting to grab that second playoff spot in the South. Um, is this a good move? Did Arlington make their team better, Leo? I, I think so. I, I will take Perez. Pe, uh, Perez. That's how you pronounce it. It's not Perez. It's Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take Perez over Sloter and Plitt. I would. Now, uh, well, well, Sloter's not, not an option anymore. Yeah, so. not anymore. But I'm just saying that's what they had. And now what they have, I would take I would take Perez over, over those guys. Um, He's had he has his lows, but he's had some highs, and his highs have been much better than what either of those guys have have shown us so far this year in the in the XFL. I so, like Bettis. I think that's XFL, an upgrade. His XFL 3.0 or 2023 season has been one that I would say is completely summed up in the word inconsistent. He has been the most inconsistent player uh, quarterback that I've seen. Sometimes he can go out there and just take a game over for you. Mm-hmm. Other times he can go out there and throw Loser. the game away. They, <laughs> he, he literally threw the game away against DC. He gave mm-hmm. them two pick sixes in the second, uh, in the second half of that game. Like he threw the game away for Vegas against DC. Um, dirty in here, man. <laughs> He's calling Danucci for the Ben Danucci for the MVP, man. You want to talk about a guy? I don't understand a guy that can turn the ball over that much, and and still be decent. Um, man, I just don't understand Ben Danucci. Turns the ball over a lot, but he's also leads the league in in passing yards and just yeah. Brett Favre kind of oddness going on with Ben. You take the bad with the good with that guy, for sure. I guess. Yeah, so Luis Perez, 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 there you go, uh, is in Arlington. Does that scare you at all, Leo? Are you now worried about Arlington uh, holding on to that second no. spot? No, I'm not because, and, and this is why, Brahmas don't play them again. So right. we don't care about that unless somehow the entire division flip-flops and it's it's Brahmas in Arlington in the playoffs and, and Houston misses. And I don't think that's going to happen. So they can do whatever they want to do. We're passing. We've played our two. We split it. We we have if if it's if you know we have the advantage because we we beat them by more points than they beat us. And that that's all we care about now, as far as Arlington is concerned. They've so, got remaining on their schedule. They've got Seattle. They've got Orlando, and they've got DC, and then Houston. They've got so, an awful hard schedule coming up. Hard. Come on, Drew. Uh, three uh, of those are losses, even with Luis in there. Like three say, of those are, come, are just losses. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, come on, come on, Luis, come on, come on, come on, Perez. Uh, help the help uh help your team beat Houston. I mean, we, we got to get behind him on that one. 
I mean, and how sweet that would be. I know you said it's not going to happen, but how sweet that would be for DC to come down into the Alamo Dome, into La Casa, the last week of the season, and they're undefeated, and the Brahmas take them down and give them their one loss to get into the playoffs. So I mean that that would be pretty that would be pretty sweet actually. We're gonna switch gears here in just a second and start talking about the San Antonio Gunslingers, but for so many of our folks that are listening right now, they weren't with us last season with the San Antonio Gunslingers. So I have to just let you know how this worked out in the National Arena League last year. The San Antonio Gunslingers came into the league as an expansion team and began the season by losing five straight games. In, yeah. a seven, in a seven-team league, uh, you're never out of it until the last few uh, weeks of the season. And so after those five losses, they actually started playing really good football. They had actually been playing decent football the whole time. They had just been coming up on the losing end of games. Then they began to figure out how to win. And they challenged for a playoff spot right near the end of the season all the way up until the last week of the season. I don't think they were eliminated until the very last week the of last the season. Week. And uh, you really saw a change. By the end of the year, it was a completely different team than the team that started out. This is possible. Yep. But the Brahmas are one team at the beginning of the year, and by the end of the year, everything has changed. By the way, that's also possible for Houston. Uh, uh, Viva Texas mentioned it a second ago. But he said, hey, with Wade Phillips, man, he he's always collapses second half of the season. And it's happening again. That's entirely mm-hmm. possible. Look, they've taken two losses in a row. And there's no reason why they may not take two, three, or four losses in a row. Because if they, can, if they lose to St. Louis and then come in to play us in the Alamo Dome and take another loss, that's four losses in a row. That mm-hmm. makes them four and four all of a sudden. Let's go Battle Hawks. RC, what's up? <laughs> well, I just wanted to mention, because I know we're going to be talking about gunslingers. Uh, we need to start talking about that Easter Sunday um, game. And the reason I say that is because it's hard. We're going to have the attendance, I think, is going to be low because of Easter Sunday. It's at 2, 2 p.m., which is a good time, this wrong day. So uh, the Brahma Mamas, we talked about doing a Easter egg hunt. However, that's going to be really hard to manage. So what we're doing is we're asking every person who's going to tailgate to you know get the 12 eggs that they can get at walmart you can fill them up with whatever you want and then kind of hide them in your tailgate in your area yes i hate to do this live on the show this is a conversation i'd much rather have in please 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 do not have little kids hunting easter eggs in a parking lot please that is that is that sounds like bad news all over it to me um, find a safe way to do that, but I don't like the idea of little kids running around in a parking lot looking in in hidden places and popping out of hidden places. That sounds like bad news. Um, bad please, news? please, please find a better, safer way to do that. That 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 scares me. Um, find a safe way to do that because parking, you know, kids running around parking lots and and getting up under cars or around little cars and then running out in front of somebody. Uh, in a parking lot, that sounds like bad news. Um, there's there's probably a safe way to do it. Let's find a real safe way to do that because that's it'd be that easier to me. do that if you're confine it to a a small portion of the parking lot and it's later in the tailgate when when most cars are situated in that area and parked already. 
Yeah, maybe um, so. Yeah, I think I think that'd be that'd be fine. But hey, you bring up a good point, something to think about as point. as we're planning it. Yeah. And then yeah, the other sure. thing is we're trying to find a volunteer to dress up as an Easter bunny. So anybody want to volunteer, just let me know. Ooh, Viva Texas saving the day. Trick or treat style egg hunt. Have bring your eggs to the tailgate, and then the kids walk around with their basket and do kind of a trick or treat at each. That's what I was uh, trying to spot. say. That that each tailgater. You said you were going to hide them. No, what I said was that each tailgater bring twelve of their eggs, and they hide the eggs there in their spot. So the trick or treaters. I mean, not the trick or treaters, but the kids would come by from tailgate to the next tailgate to the next tailgate and find the egg. So they're not running around. They're just taking the route of the, the tailgaters. Hmm. Okay. But we'll see. It's not final. We're just in discussion. Sure. Um, that's going to be fun. I mean, tailgate is going to be fun. Uh, I like Viva Texas' idea. No hiding. Just hand them out kind of trick-or-treat style. I think that's a good call. Um. But I'm sure you'll find a way. It just I'm I'm begging you. Um a parking lot with cars moving around and little kids sounds like a, a scary hot idea. Food. To me. Ooh, yeah. Hot, hot, I didn't even think about that grills, side of things, but you're right. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's just stuff to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. We'll find it's good to good to think of these things two weeks out. Yes. That's right. For That's sure. why we talk about it now. Good, so we good can to get think more of these ideas. things two we weeks out. We need volunteers, we need assistance. So but we're going to do something having to do with eggs, and hopefully we can get a um, a volunteer to be an, uh, an uh, Easter bunny. And then well, again, to... just to remind you that we are having, we're still selling the Brahma Mama Fiesta medals, $10. We're trying to raise $500 for the San Antonio Children's Shelter. And not to throw anybody under the bus or anything, but there was a certain super fan and follower of the show and friend of ours that uh did a really nice uh brahma clause at the um at the first uh meet and greet so there is a certain individual the out there who's used to doing yeah maybe the easter brahma <laughs> might have an appearance huh yep i'm not saying any names just just uh, as they that out there told <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Oh, goodness. So, so Brahma's, uh, we haven't talked about one thing that I, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble if we don't bring up. All right. Amanda keeps bringing up the challenge issue, but I don't remember what the problem with the challenge issue was. Did, well, we weren't watching. Or what challenge? We weren't, we were, I was at the game, game. so I didn't watch the broadcast, but. Did he ever call a challenge? I think there was a point where he was debating on it or he maybe asked for a review because it was like in the last two minutes. But um, I don't know if he actually did he ever throw a challenge flag? Was there a challenge ever made? Did they, they, were they were they? Uh, oh, there was at the end of the game where he challenged the lack of the P.I. call after the first P.I. call. I remember talking about it with you. Um, okay, uh, Philip, and he challenged that there was a defensive penalty there. Yes, and um, I remember us texting back and forth because from the sideline, from my perspective, it looked like there certainly was a pass interference. Oh, 
Right. We talked back and forth about this because Dean Blandino came on the air in the broadcast and yeah. 100% lied. Like straight up lied on the broadcast. You can go back and watch it because he says <laughs> yeah. there was something there, but it wasn't enough because he did not materially uh, inhibit the receiver by turning or pulling to keep the receiver from getting to the ball. And he did. He pulls the shoulder pad of the receiver. The defender pulls the shoulder pad of the receiver and keeps him from getting to the ball. Uh, there's no other way to see it. Like, you get the good view of it, and, and, D, and Dean Blandino looks at it and says, call on the field stands. Uh, and then there was some sort of weird argument about should it have been holding instead of pass interference, and Dean Blandino was trying to get out of it and wiggle out of it that way because, like, oh, well, the ball was in the air, so is he asking for holding or is he asking for pass interference? I don't like lawyer ball. If I challenge this play and give you a player number and, and a general area where this happened, anything that's illegal in that area, whether I called it holding or, uh, you know, pass interference or illegal contact or whatever the deal was, you should be able to look at it and go, yes, there is a foul in that area. Whether you called it the right thing or not. Yes, there is a foul in that area. But Blandino for the most part, I really like Dean Blandino and how transparent he is. I did get in an argument with a guy on Facebook this week that said, Blandino's the VP of officiating, and he always acts powerless. He always says that I don't see enough, I can't change it. That's exactly what Dean Blandino has to say, man. You're supposed mm -hmm. to do, yeah. If it's not indisputable evidence, he has to call go with the call on the field. But in this case, the evidence was there, and Blandino just kind of, uh, it wasn't that, it, it wasn't that big a deal. It was that yeah. big a deal. He did materially obstruct the receiver. Oh, come on, dirty. No, because dirty. It wasn't a foul. Get out of here with that. There's a lot of things that, that you say that I agree with. And I tell you that I agree with you and I'll tell Philip that he's wrong, but you're wrong on this one, man. That, that was clearly that, that he clearly impeded the ability of, of uh, Vasher to catch that ball. He clearly got his hand on his shoulder and, and, and pulled his shoulder back. And, and that, that, that gave him a, uh, just enough. It, it should have been a call. I don't care what you yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was worth the call. And, uh, Dirty's see what wrong, I... but Hey, who, yep. who's surprised that dirty's wrong? I mean, not none not. of the three of us are surprised. Certainly not Amanda. Amanda's not surprised. <laughs> Arlington's not surprised. Nobody's surprised. If I bet Amanda's smiling ear to ear that we're all telling, yeah, telling Jason, uh, telling Dirty that 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 he's he's, he's just flat out wrong. He's wrong on this one. And so well, I guess what? from reading Amanda's comments, it sounds like what she's questioning was, I guess, Heinz Ward, when he challenged that, he challenged the wrong thing. But if Blandino was going to give in last week's, we talked about it, where he gave, um, uh, was it Stoops? No, was it Stoops? Was it? Yeah, I think it was Stoops where he 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 wanted to challenge a, a, a play but didn't know exactly yes. the terminology to use. And he said, he, he said, Oh, I know what he means. I know what he means. I'll look for that. Because Blandino never looked on the on the review, as far as I know, he never looked at the quarterback. 
you know, I kind of saw it on the screen where he was reviewing it and all the cameras were all on the, on the, the, the receiver for the play. So I don't think he was trying to, uh, uh, check for roughing the passer or whatever it was. I'm not, I'm not sure what Heinz Ward said, but yeah, he should, he should know. But if Blandino's going to do that for one guy, he's got to do it for the other. True. Right. And to me, it does not, if I come to you and I say, Hey, I'm challenging that there was a legal contact on the play. And you go back and you watch the video and you go, Oh, there was contact on the play, but the ball was in the air. So that's not a legal contact. That's pass interference. So the call on the field stands. I'm going to come find you in wherever you are, California, and beat you down. Because if if that's <laughs> – are you serious? Like you're going to change – you're oh, well, the ball is in the air. So, no, it wasn't illegal contact. It was pass interference. You're wrong. Come on, man. This isn't, this isn't the Supreme Court. Uh, you should be able to say, hey, number, number two – interfered with our receiver and you go and you look at it and you go, well, he didn't interfere with him, but he did make contact with him and kept him from running his route. So yes, there's a, there's a foul on that. Um, I understand that Dean Blandino wants to, uh, he's everybody. No, he wants to support his officials and he wants to, he defaults to the call on the field being the right call. And that's the way it should work. But in this particular case, there was clear evidence that something outside of the rules of the game happened. And he just kind of tried to weasel his way out of it any way he could. And that bothers me. Yeah. That would have been a first down on that drive and and possibly led to more than just the field goal. We got out of it, but we got oh, yeah. the field goal out of it. It would, this would be a much bigger deal if the Brahmas had lost. The we game. lost. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But since they won, we're it's okay all right. with it. <laughs> Yeah, we and, got the win, so it doesn't and matter now. <laughs> and Either way, wrong. Dirty's wrong. Yeah. And Dirty's wrong. Um, and Amanda's right. There, This happens in all sports, and it drives me crazy. And I'm sorry doesn't take back the loss. There are so many times that the NFL and the NBA specifically, those are the two that do this all the time, come out and say, oop, we screwed up that call. Sorry about that. That's it. Don't even, don't even, don't even yeah. do that. Like, don't even say that at this point. You shouldn't. Um, it doesn't change anything unless you're going to go back and let us start the game from wherever you messed up, which is never going to happen. I think it's happened one time in the NBA for the last two minutes of a game or something like that. But don't, don't come out and be like, oh, you're right. We messed that up. You can change it during the time. I don't understand why Dean doesn't have more power. He reviews every play, and more than one game is not going on at one time. I think Dean Blandino should be like Sky Judge. Remember Sky Judge in the AAF yes. days where they reviewed every play as it happened and they could call things that did that got missed on the field or correct calls that were done wrong on the field? I don't understand why Blandino isn't doing that. Like, he's watching every one of these, these plays. Um, he's watching the entire game. I don't see why he can't come in and be like, Hey, uh, uh, you know, that was illegal contact. I, you, they don't even need to throw a challenge flag. You guys, you guys missed it here. Um, that's, that's illegal contact or whatever the case. Yeah. But then that's the whole thing about backing your officiating crew. And if you're doing that and second guessing them all the time, then it, that's, that could, that could be a, a bad, uh, a bad look. 
Dirty says, remember, Dean did admit he was wrong in one broadcast this weekend live. He didn't mean to. He left his mic hot and said, yeah, we screwed that up. It was great. He did his he did his whole thing on the broadcast where they do that camera that's way too close on his face um, that he always looks like he's trying to back up from. They did that camera and they were like, Dean, what did you think of that call? And he gave his explanation why his officials on the field were right. They weren't because it was a false start. They 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 called on the field a false start when it was clearly um, offsides by the defense. And he stood up for his refs, gave his explanation. <laughs> they cut away from him, but they did not cut off his microphone. And he goes, man, we really screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean to, but he did admit that he was wrong at one point. Hey, uh-huh. speaking of trouble. Yep. That that is for sure. Yes, uh, many people can a- attest to that. Speaking of being wrong, I just got to bring this up. And I know we were kidding around in our private chat, Philip, before before the week. And when you broke the news and 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 talked to me about um, about the 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 Belage, um injury, right. And it was kind of after this whole thing about the trade and all the stuff going back and forth and the argument. And I was like, well, you know, I, I I forget the the exact comment I made to you, but I said, I, I, it it sucks that Balazs is hurt, but at least we have Jacquez Patrick. I said, and I, I, I'm more than happy putting him out there. Um, then, and I forget what the other situation was where, where we were comparing about an injury, um, but you know, I, I said, you know, on the subject of Jacquez Patrick, I said, the guy can run the ball just as well. Well, we were not going to miss a beat. And, and you, you kind of had an argument with me against that, that Balazs is better. And we kind of went back and forth and we were poking fun at all the mess that was happening right. about the trade. But I had to say Jacquez Patrick had himself a game. And I mean that uh, he was one of those guys that I think benefited from the from changes. The yeah, the changes. Five yes. and a half yards per carry, 82 yards overall of the game, 15 carries, no touchdowns, but nobody on the team had a touchdown. He did have that one really long 32 yard run that uh, makes those numbers look a lot better, but yes, that he slid on. Patrick is great. <laughs> yes, he did. The, like the correctly running back can somebody- slide too. Somebody show Jack Cohen how to slide. You're all right there at practice together. Come on now. Um, <laughs> no, Patrick is Patrick is good. Patrick is a good um, running back. I've got no issue. I think uh, Balage one to one. If I've got both of them and they're both healthy, uh, I think I very much like Heinz Ward would go more often than more more than not. I would go with Balage. Uh, but that doesn't mean Patrick is not worth. I, I just think that uh, his size, his um, he's just kind of a bruising back, and and I like that. Um, it's the reason that they ran four straight plays on the one yard line with Kalen Balage um, in Houston in in week three. Well, that was all about that. Um, they didn't go to Patrick and he, at that point. They didn't. You know what I mean? They went with the person who had thought yes. had more success. And, and, and he didn't. Agree with you. 
I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I just I, I felt more than comfortable with the knowing that they were going to hand the ball off to to Patrick and have him be the lead back um, moving for apparently moving forward for the rest of the season. Now, at the time, I wasn't aware how the severity of the injury to Balaj, and it's a, definitely right. really unfortunate that it, it's an Achilles. Um, but I think we're in good hands, uh, and uh, Patrick showed that this last game. And and as uh, Daryl Johnson says, we still have uh, Hillman uh, behind him. So yeah, some depth there. Uh, the- Hillman is a solid running back. Did Daryl Johnson coming in saying, "Did you guys talk about the quarterbacks yet?" Oh yeah, we spent like twenty minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to the first part of the show. We did absolutely cover the running uh, the quarterbacks um, for a quick. Uh, too long didn't read or too late didn't read um, on it. We both liked what pass brought on the athletics. We all liked what pass brought on the athletic side, but it seems like above the shoulders, his decision-making is a little questionable. We're all very interested to see what Kurt's going to do with a full week of practice. Um, and I think he's going to start your game on Sunday, on uh, yeah. Saturday in Vegas. I think Kurt Benkert is your starter and Juwan Pass will come in in certain situations when they need that athleticism, which I'm fine with. That's working in other teams in the XFL. I'm fine with it here. Let's give it a try. Um, if they, if if Jack Cohen is active uh, and and one of the other two is not, it's going to be a real head scratcher to me because mm-hmm. you got something going on uh, this week. It wasn't everything that you wanted it to be, but it was something, and you need to build on that. Yep. So, Vegas is Saturday. Oh, man. I can't wait. I mean, I cannot wait. That's going to be that's gonna be something. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this next weekend. It's your birthday weekend, uh, right? It is. It I, better is. Get a, I better get a win for my birthday <laughs> because the game is on my birthday. That, that April wow. 1st. And, uh, yeah, I, I better get a win. You, you guys out there listening – uh, watching the show, anybody from the Brambas, you'll have a Leo wants a win for his birthday. And John I think Navarez we'll get it. Jr. John Navarez Jr. is part of the yep. front office for the gun uh, gunslingers for the uh-huh. Brahmas. Yep. Uh, he is uh, the ticket sales director, so not necessarily football ops, but he can get a message over to him. You need to let him know, John that uh, it's Leo's birthday this week, so we got to get a win. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about not getting the win this week, but we got to go get the win for Leo. Um, win it for Leo. There needs to be a win, win it for Leo it sign. For Leo. Somebody make that win sign. Win it for Leo. <laughs> oh, but I just can't wait. I can't I can't wait to, to get to Cashman Field and just be – I know it's a very intimate setting, and I'm looking forward yes. to seeing that, just like I was kind of interested in looking forward to seeing how Choctaw was being a baseball field originally, same thing with Cashman. I mean, Vegas, I've never been to Vegas. Uh, thank you, you very much for the happy early birthday, Alex. Appreciate that. Wow. Um, yeah, I've never been to Vegas other than through the airport. And uh, I've, it's something I've always wanted to do. So when I saw that on the schedule, I told Lolis about it. And I was like, we've always you know, talked about maybe going to Vegas. What better excuse do we have to go and have a good time? Well, we're making a a little vacation out of it. We're staying for more than just, just the weekend. Um, but um, we're 
really excited, especially now that there's like some changes momentum. on the field. Yeah. And and there's things, yeah, there's momentum. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I know there's gonna be some of our uh Brahma's primos out there joining us, which will be exciting. You know, I know I know Greg and Kim Nelson are gonna be out there. I know Viva Te yes. Texas is gonna be out there. And uh, we'll have a good time with other Brahmas fans. So one thing, just sidetrack just a minute, but I, I need I need to bring this up. If there, if anybody out there listening to this, and you can share this, you could let others know. If anybody out there knows of any Brahmas fan, Vipers fan, XFL fan that's going to be in Las Vegas on April 1st and just for some reason is going to be there, but wasn't quite sure about being able to make the game or not able to go to the game or needs tickets. I have two tickets available second row, uh, right about the 25, 30 yard line, which is where I, I like to sit. I've said that before second row that are available. And I will give those, happily give those away to any XFL fan, Brahma's fan, Vipers fan, doesn't matter. If you can be at the game, I have two tickets for you. Just reach out to the Smoking Guns podcast and let us know and I will get back to you and we'll figure out how to hook up and I will get those tickets to you. Awesome. First person that 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 reaches out to me and and can seriously do that and be there, I I got no problems giving those tickets away. I got an extra an extra pair, um, and uh, I'm going to give those away to whomever can use them. That's great. That's a great and deal. You're giving on, on, on your birthday. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah he's giving a people gift. a gift on his birthday. Look at that. Oh, what a That's guy. That's incredible. It'd be awesome if it's the Brahmas fans that, could, that just so happen to be there, but I know that's highly unlikely, but whomever, as long as you're a fan of the XFL, fan of football, reach out to me, let me know. What's that guy from Vegas, uh, not from Vegas, from Alaska, that always tries to make the games? Yeah, he's a Brahmas fan from Alaska because he's moving into San Antonio. So he hitched on with the Brahmas before. I don't know. If there's a possibility, reach out. Let me know. I mean, Alaska's right there by Vegas. Right there. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. They're really close on the map, I, you know. It's, yeah, it depends know. on what map you're looking um, at. Hey, di- distance sure. doesn't matter to the primos. Yeah, apparently <laughs> the primos it. will make that work. It's okay. So let's just go through this really quickly as we wrap up Brahma's coverage because we got Gunslinger's notes to get to. Uh, the Brahma's play in Vegas this week. That's a win. They play against Houston in the Alamo Dome on Easter Sunday. That's a win. They play the Orlando Guardians in the Alamo Dome on the 15th. That's a win. That's a definite win. I'm on dirty on that one. And finally, they take on DC in the Alamo Dome week 10. That's a win. So if you're looking at the the schedule, uh, I'm looking at four more wins, putting us at six and four for the season. And uh, Houston's going to fall apart. So we're going to win. We're not just going to... Uh, make the playoffs. We're gonna win the South. Yeah, got it. Uh, it, it's yeah. it's not impossible. It's in the realm of possibility, and I hope that happens. 
Um, yeah, definitely bold prediction as Jer- as Daryl <laughs> Johnson says, and thank you, Robert Rankin, for the uh, early happy birthdays. Um, but as I was saying, or- Orlando, I think that team is in disarray more than any other football team yeah. I've seen. I, mean, I don't see them winning with- a game. I think they go without a win. Uh, DC is going to be a real interesting game in the last game of the season. Um, uh, so here's why it's going to be a win. You ready? They're already going to have the North locked up, locked up, and they're going to rest players for the playoffs and San Antonio is going to win the game. That's a possibility. You know what? That's almost best case scenario for San Antonio. You know why? I'll tell you why they rest their guys and they take the loss and it's all part of their plan. Right? So we go into the playoffs, right? And they're going to be in the playoffs and more than likely they're going to win out in the playoffs there for the, for, to, to be in the uh, championship game. And then the Brahmas will be in the championship game and play them. And they'll be like, ah, we got this. We, we, we beat them, you know, or no, we lost to them, but it was, it was, you know, we meant to lose. So this is no big deal where if they play their starters and they lose to us, then, then there's that that little chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? They won't have right. that. They won't have that if that's the case. So that would be best case scenario. Throw the right. game. No, I'm I'm down. I'm down. They're gonna they're gonna have everything sewed up. Um they will uh, even with the loss the week before, because I think they lose to Seattle the week before, but it's not gonna be enough. Uh and they're going to have I'm sorry, two weeks before. Uh, they're gonna have everything sewn up, and so they're gonna they're gonna not come into play, come into win, because they will already have their loss, so they can't play for an undefeated season, and they're just gonna be like, you know what? We gotta rest our guys. We gotta rest uh, Abram Smith, and we gotta rest Teamu. Uh, we're not gonna go out there and just play all out. We 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 want to rest up for the playoffs because we want this first championship. And boom, San Antonio is gonna come out of nowhere, win their last four games, go six and four, win the South. Uh, play Houston in San Antonio for round one, beat them, and then play DC in San Antonio. And the home field advantage is going to mean an XFL championship for your San Antonio Brahmas. Boom. Whole Boom. season done right Heard there. That's how it's going to go. Perfect no season. more losses the rest of the year. We are going to go uh, six and four for the season, add two more wins. We're going to go eight and four championship, hoist that trophy. Boom. That's going to be your season. I've just already told down. you. You don't even have to, you don't even have to watch any of the games. I just told you how it was all going to go. I so told you got to go to the games. For a challenge if if that's not correct, would you go to the games? Save your beer. No. False. <laughs> that is not going to happen. No. If you're oh. wrong, Philip, RC has to eat a jalapeno. Yes. Why me? How do we go Cuz apparently RC will eat jalapenos even when she isn't wrong. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Um, so there you go. Beard. Nice and simple. No, no, no. Jalapeno. You eat a jalapeno if I'm wrong. <laughs> Perfect. It's a great bet. Did I agree to That's that? the bet I'm making. RC eats a jalapeno if I'm wrong. If we lose a game between here and the championship, RC has to eat a jalapeno. And what um, do you have to do if I'm right? Nothing. Uh-uh. We all win if I'm right. Well, you, we get okay. a championship. I'll, I'll agree to that, but if if it's opposite, you have to eat a jalapeno. No. Yes. No. I'm not gonna be the only one eating jalapenos. You, apparently, you are because you did when you didn't even have to before. I got this all figured out. You're good. Um, okay. Don't worry about it. 
Got it. Check. So go to the games. I was just kidding. You do have to watch the games. You do have to go to the games. Make sure you're going to all the games. Go to all the home games. Go to a few of the road games. Go to every game. Um, go go all the party. way to Vegas. Go to watch. Part- no, just go to the game. Drive out to Vegas. We all already right, offered you two games. The only road game left. Come on. That's the only road game left. Uh, and possibly a playoff game. There's possibly a road playoff game left. No, that's true. Well, there's not, because I just told you we're going to win the South, and that means that the first playoff game will be here, and we know the championship's here. So you're right. There is This is the last road game. Uh, no, I'm excited. Any, hey. Let me know if there's any uh, Elvis sightings, Leo, when you're there. Hey, I want oh, to point something be. out about this Vegas game before we move on to Gunslinger's talk. That's the very next thing we're going to go into. But last note on the Vegas t- game. What did Vegas do today? They traded one of their two quarterbacks away. Mm-hmm. And Brett Hundley and Luis Perez have been battling all season long, back and forth. When one's okay, the other's not. When one's good, the other's not. Um, they don't have that anymore. They have Brett Hundley and somebody. I don't even know who their third guy on their roster is. But what Maybe that Kyle means Slaughter. to me... <laughs> what that? No, I mean, it has to be somebody that played in that first game because... Uh, they did not have Brett Hundley active. In that's that first right. Game, that's true. Uh, but in any case, uh, they have lost something. Uh, Daryl Johnson says he thinks it might be Kevin Anderson. That's entirely possible. Uh, I but think that's right. Yeah. But, but what that means is that Vegas has lost one of the things that they've been using to give them a spark offensively. And I mm-hmm. think that comes into play because right now, all they've got to run with is Brett Hundley. And if Brett Hundley doesn't play great, yeah. Then what? So. Uh, then they lose. <laughs> well, they're going to lose anyway. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Yeah. And poor Rod Woodson poor Rod, is, is. Yeah. Poor Rob Woodson's going to complain about referees because that's what he does. <laughs> and and they're going to take another loss. Um, and the Brahmas, this is great for the Brahmas. You actually get to um, find your offensive game mojo against the team that you can run it against. Look, that's Vegas a good is okay team. To, yes. Yeah. To try out all your uh, tricks on. Yeah. I mean, you get to learn, you get to, you get to get yeah. your wheels under you. It would only be better if it were Orlando. Like yeah. if it were Orlando, you could right. really get your offense. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want this next game to be a bit against like Houston or DC. Yeah, against those defenses, but against against uh, Vegas, yes, that's a that's a perfect opportunity to kind of stretch your legs on this on this new with this new quarterback and and these the changes that have been involved. You you make a great point, absolutely. So that is what we know about the Brahmas. That is the game we just played. That is the game we are playing going forward. That is the rest of the season. I just gave you all of that information. Uh, Luis Perez played the entire game. He, of course, had a backup quarterback in the game one, but yeah. not anybody that took snaps. Um, so that doesn't help. Let's talk about some NAL football. And if you're like, hey, I'm just here for the XFL, please stick with us um, because the NAL football season is coming up fast. And if you're a San Antonio pro football fan, you want to get on board right yes. now with mm-hmm. the San Antonio Gunslingers. Because it is going to be an amazing season, and it starts in two weekends. We have this weekend to get ready for it. And then on uh, April 8th, 
in Freeman Coliseum, the Carolina Cobras, the runners-up to the championship in the NAL last season, visit the Freeman Coliseum to take on your San Antonio Gunslingers. And we have news. We have notes. They are uh, in camp right now. They've been going through camp. And we had a conversation last week about the quarterback situation. Yeah, we did. Because we had Jonathan Bain signed uh, former Carolina Cobra quarterback last season. He was signed in November, and we were all very excited to watch him sling the ball around for the gunslingers. Texas guy comes out of Temple. Uh, We also saw that they signed Arvell Nelson. Arvell Nelson was the quarterback for the uh, Jacksonville Sharks at the end of the season last season, played very well. Did did great things with that team. Uh, and we were surprised that they would go sign Arvell Nelson when you already had Jonathan Bain. Uh, so this week, if you've been paying attention to NAL chat boards at all, you've noticed a hashtag pop up. Free Jonathan Bain. So I reached out to the team and said, what's going on here? Like, I thought he was just out. Uh, because of a work issue, not coming to camp, but y'all expected him later in the season. And I got told by the team, yeah, it turns out uh, that's probably going to all fall through. That's probably not going to work out. Uh, we hmm. probably will not have Bain this season. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer. Um, no real information from the team as to why. Just that's probably not going to work out. So I did what I do. I went Mm -hmm. and reached out to Jonathan Bain and said, hey, I was really excited to see you sign with the Gunslingers and was very excited to watch you throw uh, for the Gunslingers, but it looks like that's not happening now. Can you tell me what's going on? And he did, sort of. Uh, What we have here is a miscommunication between Jonathan Bain and the team when the contract was signed about something. It doesn't sound like money. He wouldn't tell me exactly what the issue was, but there was an issue, a contractual issue that he felt he was owed, that the gunslingers felt was not stipulated in the contract. And they they were saying, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And he asked them to trade his rights. So he refused to report to camp. He's listed right now as refused to report on the uh, transaction list on NAL.com, on the NAL, not NAL.com, National Arena League.com. Uh, on the transition list, he's listed as refused to report, which is true. He yep. has refused to report because he is requesting a trade. So I went back to the team and I go, hey, I've got a little more clarification on this. I know that you have his rights and that he's requesting a trade. What are you looking for for him? And the team told me, look, the ball's in our court. So we're not trading him until we know we're getting what we need for the rights to this very good quarterback. And hey, that's their if the ball is truly in their court, that's that's what we as fans want them to do. Don't yeah, trade him. You don't want him to give him away anything. Don't give him away for just a linebacker that we for don't a even middle need linebacker. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> You don't give them away for a middle linebacker because we have the best linebacking core in the National Arena League anyway with Cody Brooks and uh, Pierre Turner, I guess, would probably be back there again. Um, But we don't need a linebacker at all. Um, There are two teams in the National Arena League that are interested, I'm told, um, because I did some more digging around the league, and I found out there are two teams that have already made offers, but their offers have been 
lowball kind of offers and not what not anything that San Antonio needs. So San Antonio, the gunslingers are going to hold on to his rights until they get what uh, they can use. They're not going to trade his rights away for nothing. And as fa- as a San Antonio gunslinger fan, like I don't want Jonathan Bain to not play this season. Right. But I do want my team to get fair value for his rights if they hold them. I don't want to give away a quarterback that can beat you later in the season for nothing. Right. You know what's so funny about this is Los Mysterio, if he were hearing you say that right now, <laughs> would just be fit. having a fit. <laughs> it is sort of uh, <laughs> I told you earlier in the show I could be a hypocrite. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want them to get something. Um, I do also want to see Jonathan Bain play. I talked with Jonathan um, back and forth for about two or three hours yesterday. Wow. Great guy. Um, very like we chatted back and forth. We were just texting back and forth. Great guy. Very well spoken. He is actually very upset. This didn't work out and not upset with the team. He made it very clear. Like I'm not mad at them but I do want to play and I do feel like I've got to make the best decision for me and my, my family mm-hmm. completely understand all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not mad at him. I'm not upset with him. It's just not going to work out. And I want to see him play somewhere, but do I want to give him to West Texas who needs a quarterback right no, now not um, and not Texas. get anything back for him and have him beat no. us? No. Um, so yeah. Does that make me Carlos all over again? Sure. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably does. Um, but it, it's unfortunate that it won't work out. Here's the good news as Gunslinger fans. They've already corrected the problem. Like the problem was corrected before we even knew course, there was an yeah. issue. Um, because they did go out and get Arvell Nelson. And Arvell Nelson is a good quarterback. He is a solid quarterback. Um, if you're unfamiliar with NAL football and you go, okay, but who's the backup? That's not always something that happens in the NAL. You don't always have an active backup. You have guys on your roster that can step in in an emergency. But last year we actually saw. um, So Alex Maswain is asking right now, Nelson and Kent would be the two quarterbacks. Uh, I can't say that either. That's a possibility. possibility. It is possible. But right now that is not the case. Um. Jonathan, uh, I'm sorry, Robert Kent, if he plays anywhere, my understanding is they also hold the rights to Jonathan Kent. Uh, I'm sorry, to Robert, Robert. Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that is a possibility. He will not play anywhere else. If he plays in the NAL, he will play for the Gunslingers. Uh, Robert Kent Jr. is a consummate pro, has played professional football for something like 17 years and uh, is is an incredibly uh, intelligent quarterback. Lots of uh, football IQ on that guy, like mm-hmm. having an extra coach on the field. He was a big reason why the Gunslingers took off like they did last year uh, was, was Robert Kent Jr. and his experience on the team. Totally agree. So, so yes, I think... I think that's a possibility that Kent could wind up uh, Alex McSwain saying, can you be a player coach in the NAL? I think Kent could be a great coach and then step in as a quarterback as needed. So we had this issue actually last year 
Albany was attempting to do something like that, and because they did not declare it properly, if they mm-hmm. had played the coach that ended up on their active roster for a game against the Gunslingers, they could have had to forfeit the game. Forfeit. So you just yep. have to be very careful in how you report and work all of that out. And uh, I think the smarter thing to do is to sign him on your active roster, have him as your backup quarterback, and have him coaching in a backup quarterback sort of uh, capacity. Does that make sense? Coaching in the uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, instead like, of just having him come on as a coach and then if we need him, activate him and 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 take the chance on messing something up with that process. I think you activate him as a quarterback and your backup quarterback and you say, hey, uh, you and Arvell get together and, and on every defensive series and talk about what you're seeing out there and help him. Like Burt Reynolds in the, the longest yard. There you, yes. <laughs> Good example. Yeah, dressed for the game, but wearing a headset to speak to the guys up top. Uh, in the Freeman Coliseum, there are no guys up top. They're all right yeah, there on the sideline. They're all them. on the sideline, yeah, but but yeah, that's correct. But yes, but yes, in, in theory, in yeah, theory, that's exactly right. Uh, the Gunslingers start their season, like we said, on April 8th. And uh, Leo, you were taking a look at the Ticketmaster map of Freeman yeah. Coliseum. Well, how's it look? A lot of blue dots. Come on. So what does that mean? Football fans. Uh, that means we got to start spreading the word. We got to start talking to people, making sure that we get, you know, make our plans for that April 8th game. April 8th, right? Did I yes. say that right or is it April 7th? April 8th no, it's game. 8th. And making it out there. I mean, football on Saturday at the Freeman Coliseum, followed by football on Sunday at the Alamo Dome. I mean, sounds like so a when, great when? weekend to me. I know it's a tough weekend because it's April. It's a Easter weekend. Um, so there's lots of it family events and stuff going on. We understand that. And also it's, it's difficult in the sense that the gunslingers have that one game, that single game here at home, and then they're gone for so long before they come back. But like we said last week, and we told uh, you football fans out there that maybe haven't experienced the arena football game, the NAL game, the gunslingers do yourselves a favor and catch an early game. Just go to one game and see what it's, what that's like. And then you can make your decision moving forward for the rest of the season. Um, I promise you, you're not going to regret it. You will at least it's at least the, the cost of admission for the one game. You'll have a good time. For sure. Alex McSwain checking in and saying, can you remind me when doors open? I'm trying to get one of those Fiesta medals. That's right. Game one, April 8th, they have San Antonio Gunslingers Fiesta medals mm-hmm. available for the first 400? Question mark. That sounds right. Maybe. that It's in that the hundreds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe... Yes. When did doors open? Two hours or 90 minutes before game time? If I that's a good question. Um, if I remember correctly, though, I want to say it was two hours before kickoff that the doors opened. Sounds right to me, I too. I think it was two if hours. If you plan for two hours and it's 90 minutes, you're in the right spot. You're still in the right spot. Um, Actually, yeah. if you if you plan for two hours and you show up, there, there might already be a line there. So... 
So just just uh, keep that in mind. And the parking no lot opens. Yeah, there's no to there. Well, uh, very minimal. Very minimal. I don't know that. There was there, according to last season, tailgating is allowed, um, but you have to pick up and clean up after yourselves in the in the parking lot. Um, and so there, there's not a big, it's not like at the Brahmas with the big tailgating scene, at least last season, if we can get more fans out there to come out and come out early, then I don't see why we can't make some of that happen and duplicate some of that. Um, uh, but yeah, don't expect it to be like that, uh, right off the bat. What's up, bro? What's right? going on, primo? Yeah, they always have they always have a band. You know, they they, they get a, a performer to come out and they they do uh, a performance Pre-game. before the game. They do a performance at halftime and they do a performance after. after the game while you're on the field meeting players and shaking hands and getting autographs and doing all that. It's it's very very interactive. Um, there's not a lot of red tape. Um, as far as especially after the game, getting down there and getting up close and personal and talking to players and coaches, you know, there there's a lot of access there uh, for for the fans and the the players and coaches love it. They they have no problems doing that. They're they're good people um, and they love they love their fans. And we have cheerleaders. Yeah. And we got the cheerleaders, the six shooters, right? Is that their still their mm-hmm. name this year, RC? Yep, six shooters. Yep. Right now, the San Antonio Gunslingers are, are running a promotion. I've got it up there on the screen for you. If you're watching with us, it is the Rudy's Family four, Fun 4-Pack. Four, four tickets to any San Antonio Gunslingers game and a t- and four $10 vouchers to Rudy's Barbecue. That is a game and a meal, or most of a meal. I realize Rudy's is more expensive than $10. I get that. Um, but, but still. For 60 bucks. Man, that's a deal. You get to go to a Talk game. You get to go to uh, get some barbecue after the game or before you head out to the, the. Uh, I don't know how they're delivering that. I'm, I'm imagining it would be over email. Um, in any case, man, that's a deal. Um, I mean, you're spending 60 bucks and they're immediately giving you $40 of that $60 value back in vouchers. Right. To Rudy's barbecue, and that's pretty good barbecue. So, I mean, that's a heck that's, of a deal. That's pretty decent barbecue. I know some people are like, Yeah, I don't like Rudy's, but well, yeah, I mean, hey, look, know. look, the Bad worst barbecue, barbecue is... in Texas is better than the best barbecue in a lot of other states, and I have experienced that firsthand. And it wasn't even my opinion, it was the people that were there telling me. Oh yeah, you guys are gonna think our food sucks. <laughs> After they told me how great it was, and they asked me where I was from, and I said I'm from Texas, Ooh. and they were like, "Oh, oh, never mind. You're not gonna think it's that great." <laughs> yeah, this might not be for you. Hey, there are tickets to San Antonio Gunslingers uh, games for as little as ten dollars. There's no reach, and every seat in yeah. the Freeman Coliseum is good. Um, every seat in the Freeman Coliseum is a great place. I, I've seen, yes. I've watched football from all around that place. Um, mm-hmm. I walked all around it last season. There's not a bad place to watch the game from. There are better play. There's good spots, but there is not a bad one anywhere. 
No, no. And yes, that comment you're bringing up right now from Alex McSwain, Kelly Rashad is going to eat those rebound nets alive. He's about to go off. Just to see that is worth the price of admission. Trust us. Trust us. Yeah. The guy is amazing. He's amazing to watch play on the field. He has earned so much respect for me. I have said he's my favorite football player on the planet. And if there's any jersey, I'd re- I I could choose any jersey of any player at any level. I want his jersey, Cali Rashad Jr. I want that man's jersey, and I will be getting that jersey on April eighth. Shortly, Ooh, yes, very. Shortly. I will be taking yeah. delivery of that. Finally, so go out and watch. Go out and get your tickets right now. Uh, go to SanAntonioGunslingers.com. Go to Ticketmaster.com. It's listed there. Uh, get your tickets for April 8th. Go watch Arvel Nelson, Kali Rashad, Cody Brooks, Caleb Roller. Uh, who am I leaving out? Coach Pierre Fred, Turner. Shaw, Fred Shaw. Pierre Turner. Um, God, just a, a bunch of great guys. Excellent players. Um, Cody Brooks has been posting all season, all off season long. And I've been tagging everything he posts about getting ready for the season with the hashtag hardware. This is all about winning a championship this year. This is, yep. um, we're going to see how things go or we're going to try to do our best or we're going to attempt to make the playoffs. This game, this season is all about getting a championship for these San Antonio gunslingers. And I am here for it because mm-hmm. they can, they absolutely can. And I heard a rumor uh, that if we go to the championship, we also will get a ring, the smoking guns podcast. Oh, well, I'm down. Hey, I need me a championship ring. <laughs> I need a ring. I need another ring. Raul Nava, who are they using for this year's uniforms? No idea. Um, I am not on the front lines of the front office, and I don't get to make those decisions. Um, I'm interested to see the first year of the San Antonio Gunslingers were a blue uniform. Last year was a red jersey and uniform. I'm very interested to see what they run with this year. Um, I need to reach out to them and be like, hey, can you give us a over here at the podcast, a sneak preview of what y'all are running out next week. Maybe if you tune in next week, you might get a look. Um, if I can get I some information from show. them. Show. So, that would be cool. Oh, I'm not going to be wearing it. I'll, I might have some pictures. Yeah. I have a jersey or a shirt to wear something. I don't know. Maybe we can have uh, live models. Uh, Gunslingers are in their second season. In the NAL, but there are two teams that are brand new. Oh, Cody giving us Cody giving us some uh, Ooh, inside inside look, new look for sure. You got a picture? You got anything you can share with us? <laughs> you know how to get it to me. To put them on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know how to get yeah. it to me. But anything you got, uh, we would love to see. We may not even put it out there yet, but we would love to see what you got. Yeah. Um, There are two expansion teams in the NAL this year. Fayetteville Mustangs are brand new in the league. The West Texas Warbirds also brand new in the league, uh, which means they're going to get beat up. Like we saw it last year as the Gunslingers went into the the league. The Gunslingers were no slouch, not even from the beginning, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's just a learning curve. I think even somebody like Cody Brooks, who was part of that team, as they kind of caught up to the NAL, will will admit there's a learning curve for these teams that have played in lower leagues 
coming into the NAL. And I don't think Fayetteville or West Texas understands that. We didn't. As, no, no, as didn't, fans of the Gunslingers last year, we were like, ah, it's football, football's football. We didn't really understand um, the the learning curve that was coming for our guys. And it took them a few games to get it under their belt and go, ah, okay, this is how we're going to win in this league. Uh, but they did figure it out and dang near made the playoffs. Um, and once you get in the playoffs, heck, it could be anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and it's going to be, it's going to be nice to see now with a full year of preparation, what, what these guys are going to be able to do out there. Expectations are high for sure. Just in the new, just a, just a full understanding of what they're going to, what they're going to deal with, what they're going to see. Uh, any rule changes will be the same. Remember last year was not only the first year they went into the NAL, but the NAL as a whole went back to Ironman football in mm-hmm. the arena, which was a very popular thing in arena in the AFL, the arena football league way back a few years ago um, that players would play on both sides of the ball, except for one offensive and one defensive specialist last year. That was all new for everybody, which included the San Antonio gunslingers. It was not something they had to do the previous year in the AAL. And it changes the way you play the game. It changes the strategy you use and the way that you uh, set things up. A guy that's a great wide receiver, but not a very good defensive back, all of a sudden loses some of his luster when he's got to cover as well as catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And and so you have to learn that. Now we go into a new season after having a full season of that under our belt. So the San Antonio Gunslingers, Coach Fred Shaw, um, working out with his guys uh, the past two weeks, last week and this week. Um, I believe they have a week off between camp, like a week of regular practice between mm-hmm. camp and the game. And then we go right into the season, April 8th, and it's on. That's 12-game season, uh, seven teams in the league. And it is just as exciting as any Brahma's game that you're going to go to. It is not the same oh, yeah. game. It is it is a different style of football, but it is just as fun as any of the Brahma's games you've been to. So if you're hanging out with us now and you're like, hey, I love going to Brahma's games. I don't know about spending even 10 bucks on a Gunslinger's game. Do it. Hey, man. Just give it a try. For all these people that have been crying and, and complaining and uh, and fire Heinz Ward and everything because the offense isn't up to their standard. Well, you like offense? Come watch the Gunslingers. For sure. you know, yeah, for sure. If you want to see some offensive fireworks, come watch the Gunslingers. And you'll be treated to defense too. But, yeah, it, it's sure. it's an electrifying game. You know, don't blink. You know, it's Very it's a lot of fun. Pace. Super fast-paced. If you love football, you're going to you're going to love it. Trust us. Yeah, where did all those guys go by the way? Fire Heinz Ward guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to see if they're going to wear those back. shirts. It's awfully quiet. I was like crickets this week, right? Yeah. Right. Where's that guy? Where's that guy that was really vocal last week on this show about how the league made a huge mistake putting Heinz Ward as the coach? I, I, I don't know where that guy is. Uh, he he I mean, he talked about two hours saying that that it was a huge what? mistake, and then and now and now that guy's talking about going undefeated the rest of the year. 
I'm ready to eat jalapenos. I would still rather have Reggie Barlow. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I understand <laughs> I mean, the sentiment. I understand well, the sentiment, but my position hasn't changed. I would still rather have a guy that had some head coaching experience. But we're not we're not talking about firing Heinz. I'm not. At this I'm point, not talking you know? about firing him. I never at any point said we need to fire him midseason. That was not my point. My point was. E, no. maybe this experiment was not the best thing for us, uh, being part of this experiment. But it is what it is. We're getting over the hump now. Um, hopefully, Heinz Ward has learned a thing or two by going one and four. It certainly seems like he has. I really think who he starts, or I'm sorry, who he activates at quarterback is going to tell you a lot about Heinz Ward as a as a head coach. Um, if That's he fair. if he activates Jack Cohen, who's coming off of a week of um, injury and seeing our offense actually get some things figured out. I think that tells you something like he has some more learning to do. I'm no head coach. I've never been he, a head coach. Either but that or me, he really, really doesn't like Jawan pass. That could be or, possible. Or not, not Jawan pass, but his game. Right. Right. Um, is there any part of you Swinging back around to the Brahmas talk, is there any part of you that is concerned a little bit by Vegas? Is there any part of their game that worries you? Mm, not really, to be honest with you. I not hate me. to be overconfident. You don't right. ever want to be overconfident. There's a game to play, and there's going to be 11 guys on that field doing everything they can to do to keep you from being successful. But I just believe in I believe in the Brahmas that much at this point and the momentum we have and in that stellar defense that held Arlington scoreless in the first half. And you know, yeah, they got they got nine points in that third quarter. Um, but a lot of that had to do with the turnover, uh, the interception. But that defense is just top shelf and I, I don't see Vegas being able to overcome that yeah Viva Texas checking in says Brett Hundley's ability to run and scramble would be the fear uh, Jackie Martinez checking in and says nope she doesn't have any fears at all um, not I, for I'm her with Jackie, I'm with Jackie. I, Jackie I also just, says if our O-line can get it together well let's not talk yeah, about the offense. that's a question line. mark but to Viva Texas's point, and I understand it, and I don't disagree with him. I I agree with him that that that's probably the main concern. But when your best hope on offense is that your quarterback can scramble and run and get some yards against a very very good defense, if that's your best hope, you're in trouble. And especially if that quarterback gets hurt, you're in big trouble. So yeah, yeah so. I would have actually been more scared. Scared is not the right word. More concerned. I, I would have had more concern about Vegas. I'm like you, Leo. I don't want to go into this game overconfident. There's still a game to play, and there is nothing guaranteed. But I would have been much more concerned about this game if they had not traded Perez. Mm-hmm, that's true. If yes. he were still on the roster, I would have a lot more concern because I do think he's the guy that can come out and drop five touchdowns on you. And, and you know, like he can it. be that guy. Yeah. I don't really think Brett Hundley is that guy. Like Brett Hundley can hold his own 
and can move his offense around a little bit, and he is solid, but he's not a guy that's going to beat you on his own. It doesn't feel like to me. He I hasn't could be shown wrong. it this like, season. He hasn't shown yeah, it this I don't season. Think he, has. he doesn't have the leadership to carry the team, I don't think. Um, He just, I don't know. He, as I watch his game, he seems like he's not. So we talked about Jack Cohen a few weeks ago and how even though he wasn't playing well, he sold out on uh, like running the ball. There was a play where he got knocked out of bounds and he got up smiling and like yeah. he was having a good time and there was a certain amount of joy in his game. We didn't like his game, but we liked the attitude he approached mm-hmm. it with. Yes, Brett Huntley seems like the absolute opposite of that. Now, they're good and bad to this, but he's very stoic. He just seems very level. Um, he's getting a paycheck. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. He just filmed. doesn't scare me like Perez could. Like Luis could yeah. scare me. Brett Hundley yeah. doesn't scare me as much. Right. Um, I, I would be more worried about this game if they still had Luis on the on the roster. Not to say they couldn't they couldn't win. Like they can absolutely. Um, step up there and and beat the Brahmas. I just don't expect it. I expect the Brahmas to win. I hope they can figure out offense and win handily. Like this needs to be uh, a two or three score game that they, they hang on on Vegas (laughs) and make Houston really nervous as they lose their second straight game. Uh, I'm sorry, third straight game. And they come to the Alamo dome and they're like, gosh, are you kidding me? Viva Texas. The other yeah. fear is that Rob Rod Woodson would throw the bench at one of our players in frustration. That's look, a possibility. <laughs> look, Jorge, if Rod Woodson's throwing a bench, he's throwing a bench at an official. But it might get a player and you know. Yeah, that doesn't mean damage. one of our players doesn't, yeah, get caught in the crossfire. But if he's throwing <laughs> one, he's not throwing it at one of our players. He's throwing it at an official. At I've watched that guy. He's he is um who who supplies the uh headphones the the headsets for the uh the XFL. They've got to love whoever it is. They've got to love Rod Rob Woodson, Rod Woodson and uh Terrell Buckley because those guys are hard on those headsets, man. Yeah. <laughs> they throw those things around all the time. I'm wearing uh, these are great headphones by the way. One audio headphones that I use. Uh, I love them. But they're forty dollars headphones, and I don't treat these headphones as bad as they those two guys throw around their their headsets. Man, they don't they they really don't like those headsets. They really <laughs> really don't like those headsets. Um, look like uh, tr- uh, Tom Brady with his uh, Surface uh, tablet that he was throwing around this season. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Jackie Martinez. They're probably on their like secondhand headsets. Like they've had to bring in, they've had to bring in a whole new, a whole, a whole new inventory because of all the issues they've had. They've pro- probably broken quite a few. Yeah, no doubt. So that is the Gunslingers uh, and the Brahmas. We've covered everything. We've talked all about San Antonio football. Uh, we get a Gunslingers win, much needed win this week against the Arlington Renegades, fifteen to nine. We mentioned it briefly earlier. But uh, uh, Leo mentioned it earlier. 
But as far as the point differential goes, if my math is right in my head real quick, I know I sent it to you, Leo. That is San Antonio scoring 25 points in these two games Mm -hmm. and the Arlington Renegades scoring 21 points in these two games. So if that comes down to that tiebreaker, we have, we hold the, the advantage in that tiebreaker. We have scored more points against them than they have scored against us. That's, you would always rather hold those cards than not. Sure. Uh, it may not end up coming into play, but if it does, you'd rather have it than not have it. And uh, so we get that win in Arlington. We now go on to Vegas. Uh, Viva Texas will be there. Leo will be there. Uh, RC and I will be watching dutifully from South Texas and cheering on our Brahmas. And then two weeks from oh, a week later, Uh, In Freeman Coliseum, right here in San Antonio, you've got the San Antonio Gunslingers and Michelle Felix checking in. Yes. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Part of the front office. She's not officially part of the front office, I don't think, but she's part of the front office of the San Antonio Gunslingers. She says, hey. We love you. We love you. The San Antonio Gunslingers players, coaches, and cheerleaders will be at a meet and greet this Sunday, April 2nd, at Alamo Beer Company from 2 to 5 Man. p.m. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Is there also a watch that. party there? Is there also a Brahma's watch party there? Because that's game time, isn't it? That I don't know because I will be in Chicago this weekend. If they're having a watch party as as the Alamo Beer Company has been having during Every all the, uh, the Brahma's games, um, then, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a watch party and a, a meet and greet. Um, and the gunslingers have shown support for the Brahmas this season. Absolutely. So yeah. That that's just another way uh, for them to do that. But man, I'm really excited for that. And, and if, if you're not going to be able to make it to the game, then you should absolutely be at Alamo beer company for that. Sure. So you can meet the, the gunslingers and hang out with them, the coaches and cheerleaders and players. Um, I wish, I wish a uh, part, uh, part of me wishes. I sure wish I could be there, but I'm going to be in Vegas yeah, poor you. You're gonna be in so, Vegas, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely be at the game on April eighth, and any other meet and greets and watch parties for the Gunslingers because you know we're hardcore we like you. that, and we'll definitely be there. Um, but thank you for sharing that information, Michelle. Yeah, and we definitely. we definitely miss you guys too. And I Michelle think for sure, Cass. Go ahead, Cass from um, Best Tickets. She was out there with me at this last watch party. I'm sure she'll be out there. She took great pictures, so she's really uh, kind of jumping on board with the um, with the Brahmas, and hopefully she'll jump on board with the Gunslingers too. Michelle Felix Absolutely. says, "Miss you guys." Let me tell you, Michelle, we miss Gunslingers football too because we actually get media access to the Gunslingers, <laughs> like That's our true. San Antonio Brahmas, who still says, "Hey, your guys are just a podcast. We can't give you insider access." Um, you're nothing but a podcast. We appreciate the gunslingers and the fact that they recognize um, that we love our sport and we want to get good information out to the teams so thank or you. to fans. the fans, I guess. Yeah. From the teams. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I think we've covered everything there is to cover. Uh, Viva Las Vegas, as Michelle says, but not this week, like not Norte, this week, Las Vegas this week. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Las Vegas is going down. The Vipers are, anyways. Yeah. The... <laughs> uh, I'm reading a book right now where the bad guys all live in Las Vegas. I'm reading Stephen King's The Stand, and it's been really interesting this week to think about like the bad guys live in Las Vegas. Um, because this week, that's the way my mind is working. Is like, yeah, those Vipers, they're the bad guys, and they live in Las Vegas. The Raiders um, are in Las Vegas. I mean, you should be used ooh. to bad guys being in Las Vegas. April Stubing checking in. April Stubing is, as far as I know, uh, handling all of the uh, business operations for the Gunslingers. At least last I heard, that was the plan. Uh, she was going to be doing all of the off-the-field or around-the-game sort of things, business operations as opposed to football operations. She says, hey, I'm having, uh, I have big plans for media this year. Contact me with a winky face. Uh, don't test me. I'll We're start contacting you all the time because uh, I got lots of gunslinger questions. Uh, so I'll be reaching out to you, April. Don't worry. Yep. Oh, I just yeah. wanted to let you get get everything settled for the season before you had to deal with me all the time. But you're going <laughs> to hear it. Yeah, we definitely miss miss you guys, April and, and Jordan, and we can't wait to to hang out sure. with you guys and and be a big part of what the gunslingers are doing. We're super stoked about it. Trust me. Hardware, hardware, yes. hashtag hardware. T-shirt. That's what the season's all about. I can't wait to okay, wear my and, Selena one. And t-shirts. Um, <laughs> we're all about hardware and t-shirts this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think that's about all there is to say about pro football in San Antonio. That's not. We could go on for another two hours, but we can't. We just literally can't do that. Um, Someone has to so, reel Philip in eventually sometime. For sure. For sure. When it comes to professional football, whether it's in the arena or on the 100-yard gridiron, whether it's in St. Louis, D.C., all the way up in Seattle, or in the arena, like Orlando. Hey, you can be in, in on either field in Orlando, huh? Uh, Orlando, Fayetteville, Albany, or even out in West Texas. When it comes to professional football, no matter where it is, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang. <laughs>